Nice tap. Embrace the flavor of life. The way I see it is you've got two choices. You can either keep pretending like nothing bad's ever gonna happen to you, and then when it does, you're saying, uh-oh, or you can get ahead of what's coming so that when it does, not if, you're ready for it, and you're sitting pretty, sipping on Mai Tais next to the pool, working on that Caribbean suntan, because you got it covered. So folks, it's time for you to learn the truth about money. It's time for you to take back control of your money so that you are ready for what's about to happen. By doing that, you're setting yourself up for absolute success. No matter what comes your way, you're ready for it. And that's what I want for you, and I wanna help you with that. So go to chrisnoggle.com and sign up for the Wealth Webinar. We do them every Wednesday at 1 p.m., and you need to be there because it's time. For over 90 years, we've been crash testing our cars in the tireless pursuit of automotive safety. At Volvo, safety's been first since 1927. We've saved millions of lives with the invention of the three-point seatbelt in 1959. At Volvo, we've made driving safer for you and them. Visit safety.finleyvolvo.com to learn more. So they say if you give a man a gun, he'll rob a bank. But if you give a man a bank, he'll rob everybody. The good news for you is Private Money Club runs solely on peer-to-peer -peer relationships, which means no banks allowed. So finally, there's a community for real estate entrepreneurs where it is truly a win-win solution. This community is a place where you can connect with other lenders and other borrowers, and the end results, massive growth for you. You get to build your real estate empire, and you get to do it solving other people's problems. So if that sounds like a place you want to be, well, then join us. Go to privatemoneyclub.com forward slash Kelly. And if you want 500 bucks off, just add the code Kelly500, and I'll knock 500 bucks off the premier membership. We'll see you on the inside. <laughs> Is this thing on? Is it on? Uh, welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast, uh, where attitude is everything. And uh, today I get to share with you probably one of the coolest conversations that I've had in quite some time. We just built out a new studio here in Carlsbad, and uh, we were so excited about it. My buddy Craig uh, Gottlieb is uh, well, the history hunter, and he was on um, History Channel a bunch of times. Um, I mean, countless amounts of times. He was uh, one of the stars on Pawn Stars, uh, the World War II weapons expert. Um, but the biggest thing for me is not all his accomplishments. It's about the friend that I have in Craig. And we have a men's group every Tuesday here in Carlsbad at 7.30 to 8.30 uh, a.m. And in the event that you ever have the opportunity uh, to come and be with us here in uh, Carlsbad. But not only that, um, it would be amazing. The invitation is open, but also to um, start or get in a men's group immediately as quickly as possible. Not only that, but a women's group too. Um, we're not. I mean, it's a it's an amazing place to be able to speak life to people, um, to be able to and speaking life is using their name and being very specific about what they did to inspire you and just lifting them up. We have a group of guys here in Carlsbad that has been unbelievable, and Craig has been instrumental with me. Um, he's an action taker. He is a guy that is unbelievable. He helped me to build out the studio. He was the um, the inspiration with it. And uh, he asked me if he could be the first person to be on the podcast in the new studio. And he said, but there's a twist. I want to interview you. And I'm not going to give you any questions. We're going to sit down. So 
I'm very, very, very excited to bring to you the first unscripted where I get interviewed. I sit down and he didn't tell me any questions, anything like that. He just said, I want to sit down and I want to get to know you. I want to ask you the questions. Um, so it's my my honor. I want to thank all of our sponsors out there. Uh, also, um, check out the Vibe Room. The Vibe Room is coming uh, December 29th. Uh, we've got an incredible lineup of Paul Cardall, one of the most downloaded musical artists in our generation. Um, we've got the uh, CEO of Table One Hospitality, uh, partners with Michael Mina. His name is Patrick Yumel. This guy is unbelievable. James Dixon, the ultimate motivator, or the absolute motivator. And um, we have Claudia Ryan uh, doing music. It's going to be an amazing event. Very limited seating, so check that out, too. Um, and we've got the Vibe community that's uh, coming very, very, very soon. The wait list is just about to be dropped. So um, hopefully you have a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal day. Uh, enjoy the episode. Uh, I hope you get to enjoy it as much as I did. Peace, love, and soul. Do I look sexy? You look very sexy, Thank but you. I say that from the most like non-threatening way possible. I don't yeah. mind. Are you I threatened by that? Not at all. Okay, good. And I want to tell you how patient you are because Andrew and I have never been on TV Right. We've never been done production. You've done how many episodes of Pawn Stars? I don't remember a lot. How many? Maybe 50, 60, okay. something like that. Yeah. How many times have you been on History Channel? Yeah, more, like 2X maybe. Okay. Yeah. So you're making, me, you're making me, I'm lucky I'm not wearing shoes. <laughs> in, in all of that, yeah. right? Andrew and I are over there like, oh, we need to adjust this. And you sat so patient and you're the true expert in this. Well, no, I'm not an expert, but it's like you can't have too many chiefs. You know, I got to be an Indian once in a while, right? Have you ever been in a room full of chiefs and it's like nobody gets anything done because everybody's trying to direct instead yeah. of just sit there and, and do. But you said something funny. You're like, why do I not have my shoes on? Why do I not have my shoes on? Tell me this again because it's really smart. Well, for me, there's right. two things. One is when I chew gum, I get attitude. Mm -hmm. And when I have my shoes on, I have the tendency to get a little ego. But if I take my shoes off... I can't really have ego because it, it grounds me completely. And so I have when I have people take their shoes off, mm. you see a completely different side of them. What's the TV show? It was uh, Mad Men. <laughs> you remember Mad Men, the boss on the top floor? He'd make people take their shoes off. I before. never saw them. Oh, my gosh. Mad Men was so amazing. But, yeah, he'd make them take their shoes off before they went in. And it was this thing. They're like, we have to take our – his name was Bert, I think. Yeah. And he was this really eccentric dude, but he made you take your shoes off to have a meeting with him. And I wonder if that had something to do with it. I'm watching Suits right now. So some people would make references between the two. Um, but I've been watching Suits. So. I had a funny, I can drop a name. I went to college with the guy in Suits, Gabriel no, Macht. No way. Yeah, I did some things with him. At Kate. No, this is like not this a, is This Harvey. is PG, yeah. I guess it's Harvey. I've never watched the show. You've never watched the show? Maybe once or twice. But okay. I, I went to college with him, and we sort of hung out. He was a friend. You knew Harvey. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and when I when he showed up, uh, it was Carnegie Mellon, long, before I went to where I ended up graduating from. He had like really long hair. Like, as long as yours, but straight, long, blonde hair. All the girls literally loved him. I mean, it was like, there were people, there was someone who posted a sign saying, I want this man, and they just put it up all over the campus. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knew he was going to be a big deal because he was studying <laughs> acting, and, you know, he's just, he's pretty attractive. Now that my wife knows, well, she'll know that you know Harvey, she's going to, I mean, she might like you a bit more. I have not spoken to him in whenever since I was like 21. It doesn't matter. So. The fact yeah. that you do know him. Yeah. You know That's pretty I mean? cool. And I can fudge all those things. Yeah. Because you guys hung out yesterday. What? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Totally. Well, when you say you, you guys, me and somebody hung out. and went out in Harvey, but yeah. Okay, I got a question for you. Okay. Uh, I know you really well. You're yeah. like one of my better friends. Uh, we've you. only known each other a couple of years, but um, what's with the dreadlocks? I mean, tell me the story of the dreadlocks, because you are not like from... 
well, I'm going to say something. It sounds like racial, but you're not from Jamaica. You know no. what I mean? You're half Mexican, uh-huh. half not Mexican. Yeah, half <laughs> white. But that's yeah, okay, white. I'm, I'm, I'm all white. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally the whitest. Watch me dance. <laughs> but no, how do you, tell me up the hair. So the dreadlocks happen on accident, just like everything else in my life. Mm-hmm. And this was a thing uh, we were talking about in men's group this morning where I said, um, like you spoke life to me and you said, it's not going to be an it. It's just going to happen. And I had my hair permed on pipe cleaners because I wanted to look like Maxwell. I think you're like the painter. What's that guy paint by numbers, Bob dude? Ross. Was he, did you look like him? Was it like him? Okay. <laughs> I wanted to look like Maxwell, which is the sexiest man alive. Okay. I ended up looking like a cross between Bob Ross and Greg Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so I, at the time, though, I thought, you know, oh, wow, I'm looking like Maxwell, all these things. Well, I went on a trip to China. It's about 14 hours from, uh, from San Francisco to... Um, we landed in, help me with this, Hong Kong. Hong Hong Kong. Kong. We landed in Hong Kong. I can't wait to know how you got from China to dreadlocks. This is like, (laughs) so I went there, I had this huge Afro, um, and on the way back, it's 14 hours while I read Mm. as much as I could books. Then I read magazines, then I watched movies, but I was so bored. And when I get tired and I can't sleep, I just rub my head and I started rubbing my head and it started nodding up in the back. Mm. And then I stopped myself. I was like, oh man. Most white guys with dreads only have like right. four of them. Right. So I thought, there's no way I'm going to do that. And then I thought, if I'm going to do it, they got to stay skinny. They got to stay small. So I just kept rubbing my head. And it happened on accident. And that accident then became my brand later on. That's crazy. No, that's funny. I mean, if I tried to rub my head, I don't think many dreadlocks <laughs> would come out. <laughs> We're working on that. Though, well, no, but it's we funny how my, my haircut derives from my past. You know, your haircut, in yeah. a sense, also, and it's not, we call it cut. But no, I've always wanted to ask you that. I never really knew. I mean, because yeah. your, your symbol is dreadlocks, uh-huh. you know, your head is dreadlocks. I think uh-huh. if you cut your hair like mine, I might not recognize you. A you lot might. of people wouldn't. I yeah. mean, and Andrew is in a studio here, mm-hmm. actually right behind him, if he looks, there's a shirt on a little box that is the beginning of my logo. And it was a shirt that my brother got from Jamaica, like you said, mm-hmm. and while he was on his um, wedding uh, uh, honeymoon. And he had bought it. And at the time, I didn't have a job. I had just got fired from my job. Mm-hmm. And he gave me the shirt. It says Rasta Man. It's a little stick figure that has dreads that's on it. Funny. And that's where the logo derived from. That's funny. What I said earlier was not exactly that, but that, that was said. <laughs> I don't think I can take credit for it. What I said was in my life, the things that, uh, that I've sort of done by accident are the most successful things that have ever happened to me. The things that I really try hard for are the things I've failed at. And it's sort of exactly the opposite of what you'd expect. So that's what I said. Someone else said that. I wish I could take credit for it. But that was what I was talking about this no, morning. No, but yeah. you were. You and did so, say this and So to what me. I'm saying is like your hair was starting to happen by accident. And yeah. now it's a brand. Well, and well f- brand, is that a right word? I would say, yeah. yeah okay. it, it did. And, but that was, again, the thing. I never focused on brand. Mm-hmm. But then a guy asked me about branding. And I never thought about it. And then I actually broke it down for him. And I broke down all the components of it. But it wasn't. I didn't have this broken down and I followed the thing. I just looked back at what I had done and then I was able to reverse engineer it. You know, I, I remember um, when I was on Pawn Stars, I had this jacket that by like episode three I was wearing because I remember Mark Hall Patton was, he's the guy in the, with the black hat and the beard. And I'm like, well, I need an image. So <laughs> I got this jacket and it's funny, if I don't put the jacket, when I was on all the time, if I didn't wear the jacket in public, no one recognized me. If I put the jacket on, everybody knew who I was. Here's my question for you. How would it feel for you not that you should or 
anything like that. But if you cut your hair off, I mean, close your, not close your mind and just think if I, if Kelly went into a barber and ended up looking like me, what mm-hmm. what would that be like? I went through it one time because mm-hmm. I was very known for having an afro. Right. And I remember going into the um, the shower one time, and I took a razor with me, just a straight razor, and I cut off all my hair in the shower. Mm-hmm. And when I did, um, God God led me to do it, and he told me, I want you to cut it off, and I cut it off, and I was freaked out at first. And what he said, he said, I am your identity. Your hair is not, but for a while, your hair has been your identity. When you walked into the place, people knew you from that. I want them to know you from my spirit. And so mm. you're going to go through this time of not having any hair to understand that I'm the one that they need to focus on. And so um, when it's time, um, I'm okay. I got a weird-shaped head, though. So that's so do I. And my kids, ridiculous. I've asked my daughter. My daughter only knows me with dreads. Mm-hmm. So she thinks it's no, she thinks you're the weird one. Mm-hmm. My kids think you're the weird well, one. Well, your son's you got the hair. same haircut you have. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why everybody in your family doesn't He's have dreadlocks. <laughs> He's got a cooler one. Yeah, he do. does. Your, your yeah. son's pretty cool. Okay, so if you cut your hair, it's almost like uh, in my life, God is constantly breaking down idols. Whatever is an idol for me is what gens- generally crumbles the most. Yeah. And I'm thinking... Someday, if hair becomes your identity, God's going to make you cut it off or you're going to, you know, get into a, like a gas explosion and it's going to burn off or something like that, you know. <laughs> well, but I hope that doesn't No, happen, I hope it right? doesn't happen either, literally. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know what just happened to me on my bike ride to, um, to pick up Maddox is I was riding my electric bike mm-hmm. and um, I only had two, <coughs> two bars left and I was on the way to get him. Well, it was a little bit of a way back, so I was trying to conserve as much energy as possible. And I was riding, and I was probably about 25 miles an hour. And I was just going pretty smooth, and I was like, this is pretty easy. I'm going up the hill. I dropped my power down to two, and I realized how hard it was to pedal up that hill without the power assist. But I was so used to the power assist. And what God spoke to me in that moment, he said, that's how you are with me. A lot of times you get going so fast, and you don't realize that it's me. But if I take my power away from you, you won't even be able to make it up this hill. Yeah, you'll crumble. That's what I find. It's like... (laughs) What's the best position for a human being on his or her knees, right? Well, if you try to hold the world up, you will crumble. You will fall to your knees. So it's like whenever I try to hold the world up, I generally fall to my knees, and it's exactly where God wants me. He's like, I want you on your knees, so go ahead. Try to hold the world up and see what happens. When's the last time that you were put on your knees mandatorily, like where he did it, where he cut your knees out? It literally happens like every day. I mean, I have usually a humble moment every day when I think I can – fix something that I can't fix. And it really does, it's regular for me because my life seems a defining moment. It might speak to my, like, uh, I guess my stubbornness or my belief. Okay, A-type personality, strong people, we think we can do anything, but we can't. Uh, (laughs) And I will tell you the most humbling I ever got in a minute, but I find every day I'm failing at something, uh, some things more than others, and it's constantly a humbling moment. So, uh, but the thing that really humbled me the most uh, was when I was trying to have my son with mm-hmm. uh, my then wife. Uh, we couldn't get pregnant. I'm like, it was impossible. And, and I think God was telling me, no matter how much money you throw at IVF, it's not going to work for you until I decide I'm ready. <sighs> and literally when I gave up and said, listen, this is something all human beings can do and I can't seem to do it. And no matter what I do, it's beyond my power. That's when Reese was conceived. How do you reconcile that, though? How do you, I mean, because you're a powerful guy. You're massively intelligent. We're sitting Thank in you. the studio right now that 
honestly, I can't, I said I had a concept and you're an action taker. You just said to me, tell me when to go. And when I told you when to go, literally five hours later, I think, um, Heather was here. <laughs> well, you know, how do you the, deal with it? Well, this? here's the thing. We all have stumbling blocks. And some of us have stumbling blocks that other people don't have. And I think God puts two people together where they complement each other. And there's stuff I could never do that you do every day by, by naturally, okay? So that's the only thing. I can make, I'm like an action person, like trying to do action things. And like, like literally, do you hear that stuff in the background? Uh-huh. It's like, that's like, that's messy. And I love, <laughs> that would normally get on my, you know what I mean? But uh-huh. I'm like, no, nah, don't worry. There's people talking in the background. We'll get yeah. used to it, you know? But uh, I think it's when two people, that's like a marriage too. It's like one person's good at one thing, one person's good at another thing. And it's so you I'm sort of babbling, but it's like, I don't take credit for this. You know, we're he- sitting in this chair because of you. It's not because I-, I got a, a contractor in here to get things started. Yeah, but you called I mean, me and it was literally like, I remember. I, remember. I, I knew exactly where I was driving. I'm like, you say go and we're going to tomorrow morning. Go and we're going to go. Here. Yeah. And, and I was skittish, man. Like yeah. at first I was kind of skittish and, and I knew your action personality. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't even going to say maybe. Mm-hmm. Until I was, and even when I said go, I still took a breath. And now I sit here and I'm like, dude, this is. And it's not perfect, but it's awesome. Oh, dude. And that's the thing is not perfect. You ever heard the expression, the perfect is the enemy of the good? Mm. You see, you go for perfection, you never get anywhere. Mm -hmm. But if you go for good, perfection may or may not come, but you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be here. You know, the lighting might not be perfect. The sound might not be perfect. But we're here doing this. If we waited for the perfect, we'd never do anything, mm. you know. And so that's that's sort of been a. It's um, like when I was in the Marine Corps. That's what I like. Don't just just do something. I think uh, I don't know who it was. He said, uh, "A something done swiftly and good is better than the perfect thing ever done at all." Yeah. So uh, you know that's it uh, for me. Hey, you did something for me the other day. You cut my son's hair, mm. and I, I. Another thing, as well as I know you. I didn't really get, I mean, you said I'm the guy who makes hair short. That's what you said you did. <laughs> and I watched you do something completely different with a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. And tell me about that. What's, how did you get started cutting hair? Uh, Double-wide mobile home in a bathroom um, is how, well, that was the iteration. The first iteration was trying to shave the dog. And, <laughs> um, you know, my dad said, you know, I'll buy clippers and we'll save money on shaving the dog. We tried to do it. We didn't chain the dog up. The dog runs away. We realized that you got to chain the dog up to, to shave it. And then we put the clippers away. My buddy, Will, still my best friend to this day, needed a haircut. We were in a double-wide mobile home in the bathroom. My brother cut one side, but the guard had broken, so we just duct-taped it as opposed to getting new ones because we couldn't afford a new one. And we had it duct-taped on, and he handed me the clippers on the other side because it's tight in that bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that the guard had fall off, fell off. And when it fell off, I just ran it up the side of his head. Well, one side was the guard, and the other side was bald. So we didn't know what to do. And so we just shaved a line around his head, and there was no fade to it. We didn't know how to blend. And it looked like a big brick of cheese on top of his head. <laughs> and sort of my, like my, head. My, my best friend, Will, is mixed black and white. So his mom was the white one, his dad was the black one, and they took and said, like, she would always have the best hairdresser in town, black mm-hmm. hairdresser, come to their house to take care of their hair. Well, when I did this, this was a major thing. In my head, I was like, well, I just shaved his head around. And he looks like a brick of cheese. He'll get over it. His mom wanted to take me to the woodshed. And she was my second mom, so she was allowed to. So, But that really, everything that has ever happened in my life 
has been by accident. It has never been that I'm setting out to be a hairdresser. I'm going to have a podcast. (laughs) It just happened, like these things. And when I flow in those places, like when I just allow it to flow, then it, it, it moves. And, but I use the principle of my pops when I went to hair school he always, my pops and my mom always said, just be the best at what you can be. Don't compare yourself to anyone, but just be the best you can be and we'll support you 100%. Okay. So that's what I want. I wanted an iteration. Every time I did a haircut, I wanted to be a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. But it's not just about cutting hair. And I learned that watching you cut my son's hair. Because yeah. if it was just making people's hair short, which is what you said you do, I know it's like tongue in cheek. <laughs> you, you know you do more than that. But if it was that, I don't think you would have stuck with it. Mm. Am I right or am I wrong? I think you're absolutely right. But you like, found something else. Well, it's it's crazy. I simplify it. I oversimplify sometimes because I, I think like I sweep up hair off the floor and I did that for 30 years. We've, we've since sold the salons and everything like that. But doing that, I would look at the hair on the floor and I would say by me sweeping this up and making someone's hair shorter, my kids have a completely different life than if I didn't make hair shorter. Right. Makes sense. But when you talk about it, the, it's the, there's four components to it. Number one is the connection point with uh, with the guest or with your son. I had to connect with him. He's a 12, right? Yeah. So at 12 years old, I could see that he was scared. Mm-hmm. I could see that he was scared, and he had had times in the past where he wasn't super happy with what someone did. Right. So I had to connect with him. So we connected about gaming. I connected with him on kicking you out of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally saying, left. I knew I was not invited. Your dad yeah. is not here. Yeah. It's just you and me, yeah. Reese. High five. We're on the same team. Right. And then we went through, and once I connected with him, then I wanted to hear his desires. Mm-hmm. Now, some of his desires didn't align with his hair texture, uh-huh. which was the second, or was the third part of it. Right. So I assessed his hair texture after I heard his desires. And then after that, the fourth component was I gave my professional recommendation. And so when you run down that line, and it's not just this, oh, I have to do this, this, it's something that came natural because, and even through the time, there was times during the haircut that you didn't see mm-hmm. that he physically got uncomfortable. Mm. And then I had to stop from cutting and start working on the heart. Oh, and then yeah. once I got the heart okay, then I was able to move back to the body. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him go again, I had to move back into the heart. And then I would be able to do with the hands, show him all the techniques and why I was doing it. So I went from my uh, from his heart to his head to his hand to my hands. Mm-hmm. And so I had to connect on all different levels that way. And that's truly for me the great part of what I've been blessed to be able to do throughout my life. You're like changing people from the inside mm-hmm. by cutting their hair on the outside. And I didn't think that's possible because <laughs> when I go get a haircut, I just want the haircut the way I want it. And I've never sat in a chair before and had someone do to me what you did to Reese. But I saw it, you know, the brief moment I was allowed in the room mm-hmm. and it was incredible. And I think it's sort of like, it defines what you do. It's like when I saw the haircut and I saw what you were doing to him and I saw what he felt like when he left it was like someone leaving our small group. It was like someone uh, being blessed by you. And it wasn't because the haircut was awesome. It was awesome. No, I expect came, that's expected mm-hmm. from somebody, I think, who is a hairdresser. Uh, you know, and instantly back to that, it's like going into it, not a lot of guys when they're kids want to say, I'm going to grow up and be a, 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 hair, I'm a hairdresser, haircutter, yeah. whatever. Imagine in the military. You know. My dad was in the military yeah. for 14 years. That's that's like so counter like everything. Everything. And yeah. especially at the time. I, and I, it was 1993. Oh, yeah. And so at that time, I mean, there's really only, I mean, women become hairdressers and mm-hmm. guys, but I mean, you know the stereotype. Yeah. And 
it was hard during that time, a little bit, but I had the support of my friends. My brother, I believe, protected me. Mm -hmm. They made fun of everything else except that he never allowed people, and he's never told me to this day. But he's my hero. But I believe at some point he had a conversation with all of our friends, and he said, you can make fun of his big head, his, you know, his funny looks, all those things, but you can't touch that one. And I believe you protected me, and I've been protected throughout my life because I've always been the baby. Interesting, yeah. Um, what, what gets you up in the morning? I mean, I say that, what gets you up in the morning? Obviously, you know, because i got to take my kids to school, but you know what I mean. Yeah. What actually gets you out of bed? Um, well, it's uh, three people, my, mo- my wife my, and my two kids, and that has become more solidified in the last couple of years. Um, for years, I used to tell my brother all the time, I would be like, I'm changing the industry. I want to change the way that people look at the industry by the way that people act within the industry. And I wanted to change all these things. And my brother said, stop it. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, pardon my French. He said, the it's industry good. doesn't give an F about you. Yeah. He said, if you leave tomorrow, they'll never, they'll never remember you. But those three people across the, uh, the uh, kitchen table from you will. And he said, once you start focusing on them, then your impact that you want to make in the world will be larger than anything you could ever imagine. And so, um, but I could tell you there are different days is different things. Like this morning, dude, men's group, like, mm. and we know people come, people go, some people show up, some people don't, whatever it is. No. For me, dude, I woke up, I was on fire. I walked a mile. I walked two miles before right. men's group because I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, it pumped me up. Um, so that's Tuesdays. On Monday, um, I love taking my kids to school. Right. And Wednesdays, I get to uh, take them take them to school, and then I uh, sometimes I get to pick them up. Um, you know, but again, it's sometimes it's like just get to the beach. But I really, my dad told me this. My pops said, I asked him, "What do you ultimately want to do, Pop?" And he said, "I want to do exactly what God would have me to do." And I find when I'm in that space, things go amazing, but I'm not always in that space. Yeah, no, it's a challenge. Okay, so here's another <laughs> question. Do you think those people are talking too loud? It's okay. Is it yeah, sure? You know, okay, cool. Because I, I, I was like, I should have No, no, <laughs> I've, I've grown up in it. And, yeah. and my dad used to have, I don't know if I ever told you, but my dad used to work in India. Mm-hmm. No. And so Surprise. in, in, in yeah. India, he sent me these tapes, and these tapes were uh, sermons. Mm-hmm. And it was all spoken in Hindi mm. or Hindu or uh, is it Hindi or Hindu? Uh, I, I, yeah. I yes. So, yes. Yes. So it was spoken in that and they would preach in that language and then people would respond yelling, screaming, all the stuff. And then there was a translator in English. Super cool. And I listened to these tapes and mm-hmm. literally if I showed you this tape, it would drive you up the wall. But like God, Bo- is it like Bollywood? Well, no, it was because it was two languages consistently yelling at mm-hmm. the top of their lungs. Right. And but what God told me at that time, he said, this is the world. Uh-huh. This is me. Uh-huh. The world will never stop. I need you to listen to me. And so he worked that muscle in me. And for probably a year and a half, I listened to those tapes probably four or five hours a day. Wow. And what it did was it created the muscle when I do hear background noise mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, I'm able to just focus on you. And, and there was times being a hairdresser for 30 years 
there was times in the salon where everything would be crazy, chaotic, a lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. and I only had to give my attention to you, and I had to make sure that I was locked into you. So. Okay, so you know, you talk about India, my head, I've got AD, I got like ADD, so the, the noise bothers me, but I got to get over it. That's something I have to do. Uh, but do you know why cows sit in the middle of the road in India? This is a real reason. Well, uh, well you tell me. Well, no, it's, it's really funny because it, because. First of all, they're not going to move the cows because they're course. sacred. Yeah. But it's because there's no flies in traffic. The cows sit in traffic because there's no flies bothering them. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, I don't know that's true. I have never talked to a cow, but I've talked to several Indian people, uh-huh. and they've said, yeah, that's why they do it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's freeing. They don't have to bother with the flies. Of course. So they sit there all day. <laughs> and they go home to get you know milked and fed and whatever <laughs> cows do when they're not keeping away from the flies. Yeah. That's okay, so I asked you what gets you up in the morning. Yeah. Um, what keeps you awake at night? Because there's generally, and someone asked uh, a Marine general what keeps him awake, what keeps him awake at night. And he goes, "Nothing keeps me awake at night. I keep people awake at night." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I wish I'd said that." Yeah, but yeah. anyway, so that's uh, what. what I wish I had something like that. I mean, no, I mean, you know, but at time, I think it's four different parts. I mean, there's times where it's financial, okay, right? And so, you know, as men, we're providers, and you know, we look at those kind of things. And so, some days it's financial. Um, some days it's the personal stuff. Like there, there was a time where. We had a, a, a big challenge where we had, um, you know, a lot of people come up against us in business at mm-hmm. times, and that kept me up. And so it was the business part. And then there's sometimes where I know I did something wrong to a person mm. or I didn't honor them. And so personally, it keeps me up. But, um, you know, those parts are, um, uh, there's a song, it's called uh, um, Joy Comes in the Morning. Um, and I remember listening to that. My mom would always tell me I would be struggling at night because night is scary. Like it was always scary for me. I was always scared of the dark as a kid and it was always scary, but she would always tell me joy comes in the morning, son. So if you could just make it through this, if you could just make it through the night rest, joy will come in the morning. And when that light shines, that's when during this time. And so that was the thing that I I hold on to a ton. You know, um, a lot of the stuff we talk about, they sound like cliches, right? And yet the cliches have a lot of power because as you're talking, I met this guy. He, he works at Whole Foods. I forget his name, but uh, every time I see him, he's got a smile on his face. Yeah. And we started talking, and he goes, you know, uh, if you pray, why worry? And if you worry, why pray? Yeah. You know, and so this is a guy who sleeps well at night, and that's yeah. he lives that. Cliches are, can be super annoying at times. You know, yeah, yeah, someone yeah. says a cliche to you, you're like, shut up. It's like Leave a bumper me sticker. Alone. Yeah, it's a bumper yeah, sticker. Yeah. Thank you for blessing me with bumper sticker wisdom. But it's like true. You know what I said? It's like it can either piss you off because uh-huh. you're up, upset or something, or it's, but it's true. If yeah. you pray, why worry? It's pointless. If you're worrying, why pray? You know, it's all, yeah. And, 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 and so when you were, you were, you said a cliche, and I'm like, I believe it, what you said. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but. Well, uh, all the cliches for me, all yeah. the cliches, unless they have a personal story to them, um, I, I can't get behind them. Yeah. And so the personal story of like literally my mama would say like, you know, joy comes in the morning sun. And I, what I wanted to do, Craig, is I wanted to be like, whatever mom. But now it's one of those things where I look at, I think my parents knew that they were checking out early. Mm. So I'm 48 now. My mom was 62 when she died. My mom, my dad was 68. My parents checked out early too. Right. Yeah. But I believe that my parents knew that they were leaving mm-hmm. early. So they were putting, they were dropping all these little gems mm-hmm. for me because they knew I was going to spend most of my life without them. Hmm. Wow. That's pretty heavy. 
heavy and, and yeah, like awesome, you know, that you yeah. get that. No, you know what keeps me up at night? What's that? Uh, I find that what keeps me up at night, I've sometimes had struggles with, um, you call it, not the truth. It's not like I'm like, it's being authentic and being truthful to myself and others around me yeah. uh, and not creating a narrative to just slightly change perceptions. <laughs> and that's just it. If I can make things just a little bit better, you yeah. know, uh, I'll do it. And it's not authentic. It's not honest. And it's not respectful to myself and to those around me. And it's a lesson I'm just, I'm trying to learn. I'm still struggling with it. But the things I think that keep me up at night, sometimes the consequences of when I have not been truthful, mm. you know, when I have, and it's not like, yes, I didn't gamble the money away at the casino. That's not what I'm talking about. It's when you narrate a reality to fit your own needs and to fit, and to sort of make yourself feel better, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, avoid consequences. Uh, and it's at night, that's now that I have faced that square on in the past couple, couple of, even, I say it's, it's new for me, I'm still, I'm still working on it, but um, that keeps me up. You know what's wild yeah. about how God works is, uh, I mean, our producer, Andrew, mm -hmm. best in the business, yeah. Um, you make every. He is actually awesome. He is. But no, you. I got to stop you. Every person who stands next to you is really, truly. You make them feel just like when you're cutting hair. You make me feel like a rock star every time I'm next to you. Thank you. No, and that, so it's like you give that to me, and it's a gift. And you're not. You're you're calling things out that I think are objectively good about me. I mm -hmm. guess. But but you are so positive with that, you know, and it just makes me want to be around you. Thank you. Yeah. So well, go ahead. The, well, the cool thing is, though, Craig, is because I have such cool friends, mm -hmm. and you know this, like, I have really, really you cool friends. You do have a lot of cool friends. Okay. So it enables me to literally tell the truth. Like, the guy mm. that I just introduced you to yeah. out here mm -hmm. is a top personal trainer for professional, collegiate, and uh, young athletes. But mm -hmm. his professional he doesn't talk about because, I mean, they're on such a level. When I said, when he finds out who you are, in the media space, people freak out. Like, literally. I just had a woman downstairs, and I told her, I said, you know, my buddy Craig, and she's like, oh, cool, Craig. And I said, did you ever watch Pawn Stars? And she's like, yes, it was one of my favorite shows. I said, the World War II weapons expert is going to be here. And she just flipped her lid. Like, huh. But that's... I get to tell the truth. Now, I'm never, for, I, I promise you, I would never gas somebody up. You're so tall, and you're like they're like 5'4". Yeah, yeah like, so... And I don't know where what, what I was saying with the uh, with the uh, statement that you made. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how God works because Andrew, who's the producer here, yes. him and I had a conversation today, and what his assignment was this week is to explore his beliefs and 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 base them up against the truth of the Word of God. This is exactly what we talked mm -hmm. about. And it's amazing because that's what, exactly what you were just talking about. But that's how God, I believe, works. You said something earlier, too. You were talking about um, what gets you up in the morning, and it was your family and the impact you can make on them. And something that I've always, we've spoken about it, is that people often measure their success in volume. They measure it in quantity, okay? So if I don't have a podcast that has 6 million people, if I don't have a customer base of 500 people, if I haven't been a regimental commander with 1,200 people under me, you know, that I'm leading, well, somehow I'm not successful. Mm -hmm. But if you just change one life, that's like throwing a, like a, a rock into a pond, you know? And I know because people have changed my life before, and I remember these people. And 
they've made a massive difference in my life. And as a result, to some degree, when I'm, you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm standing on my spot, that's when I say when I'm on my spot, I'm, I am drawing from that. And what I wanted to tell you, and we had talked about earlier is that you make the difference, a real difference in one person's life. Now, we hope it's your family and you've got your family, then you've got your friends and then around that, you've got society. It's like rings, you yeah. know? So, yeah, family comes first. But if you can, like, make a legitimate difference, and you're never sometimes even going to know that you did, mm-hmm. you know? But you're going to change lives. And if you change one or two, man, you're, you, you are massively successful. Well, I struggled with that a lot. And even when you said what wakes you up, honestly, sometimes, Craig, it's not anything earth-shattering. Sometimes it's like, dude, I can't wait to ride my electric bike. Mm. Sometimes I'm like, I can't wait to take my dog on a walk because she forces me to walk around the block Mm -hmm. and I need to stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? And that part has been a massive one for me. Um, and not because like there's times where like the other day I went with a guy named Cole, you know, Cole from church, Andrew knows him. And I took him to a podcast studio. So we went to this Mm -hmm. podcast studio. It was on podcast. It was amazing. We had so much fun. He connected with some people and it was great. Right. I'm on a high. Oh my gosh. The quantity thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm quantifying. Man, this is amazing. Man. I'm going to reach millions. Yeah. I get a text. Uh-huh. The text is from my friend. Well, I had a guy who, um, very reputable guy, one of the most famous bands of all time. He's a drummer for it. She's best friends with him. So she was going to get him on the podcast. I was like, man, this is going to go be crazy. She texts me back and she said, hey, um, his PR agent and uh, checked your stats and they're not in line with the type of brands that they align with. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So I like, come off this high right, right, right. and I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I hear that. And at first I wanted to be like, well, man, I need to get my numbers up. You are a nobody. <laughs> that's it, it, you it are really, a nobody. And, and that's, 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 that's a lie. And that and, is a lie. And that went through, but what it, what it did is it's, you know, what I realized was it's just not yet. It's mm. not yet. God has a plan. Uh, he's got some things that, and this is something that you taught me, man. Like, you know, there's things that I want quantity-wise, mm-hmm. downloads, listens, all these things. But until I'm ready and until God deems that I'm ready, he's not going to give it to me because I'd mess it up. That's probably one of the hardest things to deal with every day. Yeah, no, I, and put a pin in that because I want to go back to the lie because a lot, you know, my wife says that we view things like through a keyhole as human beings. We only see a very narrow view. Okay. But we really cannot possibly see, have the perspective as human beings to see truly what's really going on. Okay. Yeah. And case in point, where we talk about quality, not quantity, I considered myself, and this is, I mean, not even going to go into why, a failure as a leader when I was a Marine officer. And for a number of reasons, I, you know, the, the, the dumb crap that I did and the, I can just think of, I can tell you 10 stories of how I demotivated people and, you know, but what I didn't know was that some of the stuff I did, remember, by accident changed, like, massively people's life. And I was on Facebook and, you know, a lot of my Marines from my first unit are still on Facebook and some of them spent three years in the Marine Corps. But there's this one guy, uh, his name's Mulford. Remember him? He was his PFC. And he got in trouble, right? And I went, I went to bat for him just because I was like, this is a good guy. He screwed up. 
I'm going to protect him. I'm going to make sure that he doesn't get the book thrown at him and that he has one more chance because he did something stupid. I don't know what it was. And I get this text from him. I haven't spoken to him in like 30 years, you know, and he comes back and he goes, because I said something off the cuff about how I was a dumb, I was a dumbass. There you go. That's not profanity. That's the <laughs> truth. And he comes on private messages me and goes, sir, you changed my life. He says, back when I was a PFC, you went to bat for me. I am now, I think he's either master sergeant or gunner. He did a full career in the Marine Corps. And he changed, he really changed the lives. It wasn't me. I just helped him out once. So I didn't have that perspective. And sometimes you never will. Sometimes you will leave this planet never, ever knowing the true impact of your actions, positive and negative. Yeah. You know, I don't want to know about the negative ones because <laughs> they exist. You know, because I can remember the other time. I remember I came down... I, I got so insecure one day. We were on an exercise at 29 Palms. And, uh, and Corporal Thompson, he was this awesome, he was a, his name was Chakota Thompson. And he probably can watch this podcast. And this is my chance to apologize to you. Uh, you know what Chakota meant? He was good, meant warrior. I'm like, oh my God, you're so cool. And he was good at what he did. He was, you know, a forward observer. And, uh, but I felt uncomfortable because I was a brand new second lieutenant. And I didn't feel like I was running the show. And... I took him, we were walking, and he, I, he I, I said something to him, it crushed his spirit, you know, I said something he'd done wrong, and it wasn't, he did anything wrong, he just wasn't giving me a chance to shine, it's so selfish, so destructive, and I had another lieutenant come and said, you know, Corporal Warrior Thompson was like crying to me that you crushed his spirit, you know, and that was probably like a low point for me. And so I remember those things too. And so it, I'm going to forget the good. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to keyhole. Okay, keyhole. I'm going to miss some of the good. I'm going to miss some of the bad. Point is, you never, ever know. So that's a really long way around when we were talking about what. I don't remember how we got there. Now, I asked you to put a pin in something. Mm -hmm. What was it? You said, uh, crap, this is me. That's okay. <laughs> now, um, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, wait, you were talking about, what was the thing before I got off on my speech about keyhole vision? Um. um you were talking about, oh, you were talking about the guy who came down hard on you, yeah. uh, said that you weren't oh, big yeah, enough yeah. for him. Yeah. Well, well, it's not, I mean, I understand. He's, I mean, honestly, like, I wouldn't say the name of the band. Yeah. Um, but if I did, every single person has a memory and probably danced it at their yeah. prom uh, and around my age or my generation or anybody's. Everyone has a memory of this band. Every single person. There's not a person on the planet that doesn't know this band. So I understand that part. There was this feeling of inadequacy at that time. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do to get my listens, views, subscribers up now? Yeah. As and, if you can do anything. Almost. And then I settled in and I realized that, you know what? Again, it's just not time. Mm. Oh, that you was know? it. That was it. It's yes. Not time. not time. We're going to talk about lies that you believe and then not your timing because we got those two topics first. Yeah. Talk about lies that drive people to make bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Lies we believe, like I was a bad some, such and such. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, we believe head trash. Yeah. And that head trash gets in our way. Well, and I don't, I couldn't speak for anybody else. I, mean, I, I believe, could, okay, I listen I could, to my own head trash all the time. Yeah. I mean, I could speak for it, and I think it's really, really simple. Um, that, like, and my pops would say it, and you've heard me say it before, and it's just like you're the greatest. Like, Craig, if you could, and this is in men's group or anybody who comes in contact with you, if you were able to step out of Craig for five minutes mm -hmm. and see the way that we all see you, right. 
There would not be one ounce of insecurity in your life for the rest of your life if you got five minutes of what we see. But good and bad? Because, I mean, you I don't know if you have access to the bad. But I Some mean, people that are close to me do have access to the yeah. hardest, darkest, most selfish part of me, which we all have. But I think we, we all have that part, and that's where the grace comes in. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, I mean, say, for instance, in, in your situation, um, I mean, I think it's a good good thing that you're hard on yourself mm. um, because you constantly want to be better. Uh, but for all of us, your absolute worst day is still an awesome day for, for most people. And so when I say that, the lie that a lot of times I believe, and I am challenged with this, mm -hmm. is my pops would say, you're the greatest son, so act accordingly. Mm. And it, at first, it was tough, tough to hear that because I was like, don't say that because now, if I'm the greatest and I have to act accordingly, I then am holding myself accountable. No one else is holding me accountable. And that's, a, but the lie that I believe a lot of times is that I'm not the greatest, you know? And it doesn't mean that I'm comparing myself to anybody. It's like a balance though. I mean, you got to be realistic with yourself, but if you let those lies drive you, because, mm -hmm. you know, who's the father of lies? Satan's the father of lies. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to be so discouraged. Mm -hmm. He wants you to fail. He yeah. wants you to be so depressed. He ultimately wants you to kill yourself. That's what it is, I think. And, you know, you know, I believe, I believe in God. I also believe there is a physical dark force. Yeah. And I just, uh, for you know, me in my in my walk, I just I just don't really give him any space. You know, that's that's there's there's wisdom there. There really is wisdom there. And, but um, that it could some people call it rose colored glasses. Mm. Um, that part has just worked for me. I don't suggest it for yeah. anybody else. Um, some people have called it head in the sand, but like I joke and say that my brother's an attorney. Mm -hmm. um, Right, and so he scratches the surface. He wants to know that it's true. So if you told him that Superman was outside and he went outside and he wasn't there, he, my brother would be like, before. "You're a liar." Right. And for me, if I went out, I would be like, "He left." <laughs> <laughs> and so it's one of those things where um, I don't suggest this. Mm -hmm. It's just it's what's worked for me at those times because <coughs> there has been so much trauma. There was a lot of trauma early on growing up, and it was the way I laughter was a way for me to be able to cope mm. with it. Yeah, and I, you know, my mom helped me with that part of it, and I've got to a point where, like, even today, I was so frustrated, Craig, and I was going to call you because I know your son knows PS4 and you know all these things. We could not sign out of the PlayStation account on oh my, my son's PS4. Don't get me started, and dude. I almost smashed the control. This is right before we came over here uh -huh. to this, do this. And I sat and I was like, and I wanted to show my son a lesson. You got to do all this stuff. And then I was like, dude, it's PlayStation 4, bro. Yeah, right. Like, right. And that's when I'm believing the lie that, and I'm not saying I'm the greatest in the world. I'm the greatest at being me. That's yeah. what I was designed to be. And if I don't get that guy from the band, it wasn't my time. Yeah. If my business fails, I was supposed to be doing something else. If I lose my job, maybe I should be doing something else. Do you learn a lot from your kids? <sighs> I learned so much from my son. If I Gosh. just opened my eyes and shut up the other day, um, he lost his crap in <laughs> over something so dumb. And I, was, I wasn't hard on him. I'm like, dude, it's just, what was it? Oh, it's just a Lego set, man. You can, you can, you can fix the tree that fell over him. But he was, he was like super upset. Mm -hmm. And I went out, came back. And there's this honest moment where he goes, Dad, I'm sorry. I, he says, I, I I lost my shit. That's what he said. And I'm like, I was like so proud of him. 
that he wasn't just like, normally you get a kid to say you're sorry. He's like, I'm sorry, so can I have what I want? It was just an authentic, I'm sorry. And when you get those glimpses of a child doing that, I get a feeling of what God feels. And I don't know what even that means when he sees us do something that he can be proud of. <laughs> where he just gets joy. Yeah. You know, when he sees you do something right or generous or patient or kind, it just brings joy to his heart. So I, I don't know. I'm, I asked you the question, and then I answered it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you learn from your kids, because this is what I learned. <laughs> this is another problem for me. Um, okay, so we, I want, now, I'm going to ask you yeah. something else. We've talked about uh, the best things in your life, the things that you would measure as success or accidental. Is and that a it, question? It's Yeah, it's sort of a statement, but you can respond as if it was a question. It's my first time sort of like co-being so, on a well, podcast. Well, no, you're saying, uh, help me with the question. Well, the question is like, it's I said it, and yeah. you agreed with it, and you said something about it earlier, about mm -hmm. how the things that people would measure as a success in your life were accidental. Well, it was a case in point. Like one of my friends, his name is Jerome Myers. He's a phenomenal mm -hmm. guy, uh, incredible in the real estate space, uh, commercial real estate, and investing, and he teaches people to do it at the highest level. Mm. He was at a conference with me called Secret Knock that I co-host, yeah. right? You went to it. You invited me down for an afternoon. It was super awesome watching you on stage. It, was, you. it was really cool. It's like, I know, I know him. <laughs> I was that's like, not why I, I did like, it. No, but it was I just, awesome. I just wanted to share it with you, but yeah. I, was, I was with him, and he's like, hey, man, um, I've got a podcast. And I said, mm -hmm. cool, i got a podcast, too. We were talking about it. And you just go, mine's bigger than yours. No, no, no. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, I've got a guy who helps to promote the podcast, mm -hmm. and it can help you. He said, I was, like, in the top 12% globally, and he got me down to, I think, 6 or 4%. And I was like, wow. And he's like, he's super expensive, um, but he works. Mm -hmm. I was like, cool. And he's like, would you like to get in touch with him? And I said, well, that would be great. And he said, before we do, let me check something real quick. He gets on his phone, and I think he's kind of, I don't know what he's doing. But he checks through, and he's like, oh, he's not going to be able to help you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, like, what's, I mean, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I said, well, just out why? of curiosity, yeah. why, why wouldn't why? he be able to help me? Because I was thinking maybe he's too expensive or, mm -hmm. you know, or I just suck. And he's like, no, he can't help you because you're in the top 1.5% globally. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, it, it blew me away. But it wasn't something I ever focused on. I didn't mm -hmm. know about that. I wasn't trying to get a rank. Yeah. I wasn't trying to get a ranking. I didn't do it for the ranking. I didn't do it for the downloads. I didn't do any of those things. There have been times where I've got really focused on that, though, Craig. Okay, yeah. There have. And I've got really down, and I'm like, man, why is the downloads down, or why is this? And then I start comparing myself, and that's when I get off track. And then when I get back to it, and it's the conversation that you and I had, at the front desk, and you said, it's not going to be an it, man. Like, it's already done. You kept telling me it's already done, man. It's just, there's, it's just going to happen. And I was like, I wanted to choke you at the time. Because I was like, when? Join the club. A lot of people want to choke me. When, yeah. Craig, is right. it going to happen? When's <laughs> it going to happen? But you were just very calm and, and knowing that that's what it was going to be. You know, I'm going to call you out because I'm going to call myself out. Um, it's what do you say to people when you're like, well, you know, you're this rich people. It's, I don't care about the money. It's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, cause you've got a nine number bank account, you know? And so, or like when I say, Oh, I just like to go in the room and like 
you know, enjoy the anonymity. Well, that's easy for you to say because you walk in there and people know who you are. Or you're like, oh, I don't really concern my appearance, says Tom Cruise. You know, it's like, or pick your most attractive person, like yeah. Thor, you know, who's the actor that plays Thor? If, if I die, that's the guy that my wife's, she loves him. You know what sucks <laughs> my, with I, Thor? I kid you, she loves me. That's, that's not the point. You know what but sucks with Thor? I think Thor's attractive. I think I would date him if I, you know. My nephew, yeah. his name is Cameron, a uh-huh. couple years ago when the Avengers came out right. and there was Out of Shape Thor, mm-hmm. oh, when that he was came so on the screen, he yelled out, Uncle Kelly. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be out of shape Thor to my, you know. I mean, you, mean like, so. you mean like, what is it, Naked Robber? We're going yeah. to talk about Naked Robber in Fat a second. But okay, Robber. So I was calling myself out and calling you out because you're yeah. like, well, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I remember what it was, but it reminded me of me, but I'm not, I'm not criticizing you because I'm identifying with you. What do you say? It's easy for a person that's got plenty of money to go, I don't worry about the money. Or, you know, or it's easy for the attractive person to say, I don't care how I look. Yeah. Speak to that. Well, I was going to ask you the same question because there's so many young people that will hear from, say, like a person like yourself, right, that says, do what is in your heart and, like, everything will work out. Yeah, because you'll be like Donald Trump. That's easier for a person to say that has had financial yeah. uh, prosperity or, right. or had success in that area. Um, it's, it, that's a rough, it's a rough one, man. I mean, because... Like, I think of, okay, if you can be, if you can do something, we heard it this morning in Proverbs, Mm -hmm. work your land, you'll have abundance. Mm. If you try and chase fantasies, you'll be poor. Yeah. And so the hardest thing to ever do is most of the time the thing that you're the most gifted at. Because what you're gifted at is not shiny. It's not exciting to you. Mm. Like, I mean, say for instance... For myself, like when someone asked me about interviewing people and they were like, oh, did you take a course on it? Kind of. It took 30 years of seeing a person every 15 to 30 minutes sitting in a chair and me making their hair shorter. Mm -hmm. That was me learning to interview people. And I didn't know that God was going to take that that 30 years in the professional beauty industry and turn it into me being a host on a podcast Mm. and be emceeing, emceeing events throughout the country and the world. If I would have known that, I would have messed it up because then I would have been like, hey, by the way, while I'm doing it, I'm getting ready to do it. But I think that he builds us faith of faith. glory. It's t- it, it, I don't, how do you do it? Because it's easy for you to say, just focus on your family. Just do this. Uh, when you're build, not a 23-year-old yeah, kid just that build is compu- building... Build, just build computers in your garage, <laughs> Bill Gates. You yeah. know? <laughs> and I don't, I, yeah. it's, a, it's a great question. I don't know um, because, and it's a question that I've always had where um, there, do you hear many 21-year-olds that are in the struggle, that are in the grind, that are doing this stuff saying, uh, well, none of this stuff really matters. Well, there are things that matter at that time, depending on the timing that you're working through on. You know, um, this is going to sound sort of, I don't have a lot of contact with like younger people, my stepson, he's you know in his twenties, yeah, so yeah. I do sort of, but I don't go real deep with them. I'd yeah. like to. Where I contact uh, young people, I don't know. I'm a part-time sergeant with uh, law enforcement, <laughs> yeah. And my specialty is prisoner transport. I run a prisoner transport unit for the reserves, and I take a lot of prisoners to jail. Uh-huh. And so I'm, I, I get a lot of alone time with some twenty-somethings that are like at their darkest moment. Yeah. And I think this is going to be an answer to the question. But the other day. 
I had this guy, he was completely whacked out. Uh, in fact, he was wearing a paper suit because he'd peed himself. And so he's literally a mess. But I could tell he was super smart. I mean, I could, t- and I talked to these people because it's my chance. They can't not talk to me. I mean, they can not talk to me, but they can't get away from me because they're a captive audience, right? <laughs> and I, I just started talking to him and I wasn't supposed to work that night. I was supposed to have my tooth pulled because it was day before Thanksgiving. I didn't get my tooth pulled, so I got to work that evening. And it's like midnight, and we're in jail, and he's wearing his paper suit. You know, you can see he's, he's like, leaves nothing to the imagination. And he was telling me his story, and I was listening to him, and he had his life super rough. And I told him, I said, you know what? And I'm honest, I'm honest. This is going to suck for a while. And he's getting ready to be extradited to Texas on a weapons charge. That he, got, he got stopped stealing a pack of cigarettes, but he had a, he had a warrant. He's going back to Texas. Now, you might ask yourself, Weapons charge in Texas? Like, what, did he have a bazooka? I mean, like, nothing's illegal in Texas. I mean, this is my joke, but <laughs> I did, I did, we said that. But he, I said, I said, you can change your life today. I said, and I'm honest with you, I said, this is going to suck. You're going back to Texas. You know that. I said, this is a low point in your life, but it's up to you what you do with it. I said, and he goes, do you think it's going to work out? And I said, uh, that's it. Yeah, it's going to work out. Just focus on, you know. No, I said, you know what? I said, I can work out you have the potential to make it work out, mm-hmm. okay? If you're on drugs, you can make the decision, tonight's the night you're going to quit. I said, it's going to be hard, but you can do it. Will you do it? That's up to you, you know? Because he wanted me to tell him, yeah, it's going to work out, but I'm not going to say that. So I think honesty and integrity, again, it's something I'm still struggling to learn. I'm 52, and I'm going through it in a counseling slash uh, coaching program right now. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to put on that new set of clothing to really just take time and be authentic. Because when he asked me the question, do you think it's going to work out? And I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's not what he wanted to hear, but it was the truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, there and there's... Does that speak to what you asked? It's like... It, so does, it does. Or did I just tangent? No, no, no. It, it, it definitely did. And and same like my pop, right? Yeah. And I was always talking about my pop, but, you know... For good reason, I think. My, my pop taught me a super valuable lesson in encouragement. Mm-hmm. And you saw it, this hap- happen in men's group this morning. You saw Darren's whole demeanor change when he was encouraged, mm. which tells me that he's not encouraged that much. Yeah. You get physically uncomfortable when I, when I encourage you. I do. It tells me that you weren't encouraged that much. You're actually spot on. Okay. And so I've never met a person that couldn't be encouraged out of their situation. Mm. Now, this, this is hard because there's the Simon Cowell in me that's like, I need to break this stuff down for you. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't Tough sing love. and you need to get out. Yeah, I'm Old Testament on you. My, my mom, my mom was, my dad was an encourager, but my mom was, my mom didn't believe in tough love. Mm-hmm. And here was the thing. Um, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying this is what she helped me to see is um, she always allowed, allowed God to be the disciplinarian. Um, and she would always encourage me that it was our job to encourage. Justice is mine, says the Lord. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, I've never seen a kid, and we said this in men's group the other day, like, I've never seen a person spoiled from too much encouragement, mm. ever. I've seen a person spoiled from things that p- someone's trying to overcompensate for the lack of encouragement that they're giving to the person. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen that. Like, I believe, this is my belief, it's not, but I believe, I believe I can encourage you into whatever I see 
the potential in you to do. Yeah, and you're not, I don't think your parents were ever the kind that would say, you can do anything you set your mind to, because that's a lie, isn't it? There's it certain is. things you there's can't do. There's a caveat do. to that. Okay. Because I've heard that before. Yeah, there's, and a, so ca- there's a caveat that apart. to it. It's, it's that just because you could do it doesn't make it your purpose. But there's some things you can't do. And so of that's course. all, if you, if, you know. I can't be a rhinoceros. Well, you also probably can't be president. <laughs> you know, it's it's logically possible that you could be the president. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at some of the people who become president. <laughs> but 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 there's a there's an authenticity and an honesty when you say, look, you've got great talent mm-hmm. and, and you will go far setting your mind and your energies towards something. Yeah. Um, but I think it's tapping into also like, you know, Craig, there's things that you were that you're innately gifted at. Right. And inside that wheelhouse, there's really nothing that like if you wanted to start a landscaping business tomorrow, you could. Yeah, you could. (laughs) If you worked at it hard enough, you could do it. Have you seen the plants at my house? (laughs) (laughs) And you could accomplish it and you could make it happen. But does it mean that Craig should be landscape Craig? No. So that's the part that that I struggle, you know, I struggle with, too, is because literally like. Sometimes I bang my head against the wall trying to figure, figure something out, and God is like, bro, it ain't for you. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not for yeah. you. Yeah. So could you become proficient in it? But there are, I mean, honestly, like I said that one time. I was talking to fourth graders, and I said, you could be anything you want to be. And a kid stood up on his chair, no lie, and he said, I want to be a rhinoceros. And I was dumbfounded. Like, what do I say? What to are you going to say to that? I you're just like, told him it could be anything. Hello, thank you, honest person. <laughs> but you're yeah. you're absolutely correct in that in that assessment. Yeah. Um, you know, life is when I say life is awesome. If you pay attention, there's I've been so much in my life I've not paid attention. And like what? Well, I could give examples, but it's like, what's awesome right now that you don't give enough like credit to? Uh that's a tough one. Um, You live in North County. Yeah, you know, my, my, my worst day <laughs> is probably a paradise for anybody else. And yeah. I guess it's living a life of gratitude is so, having that, oh, oh, wait, oh, oh we just, sorry. I'm going to answer the question, but then I want to talk about encouragement. So okay. I'm going to answer your question, yeah. but then remind me about encouragement because I'll forget okay. encouragement, okay? And if we don't, Andrew, just tell Andrew, us. Andrew, remind us to talk about yeah. encouragement and what the <laughs> word means, please. But so, I mean, like, you know, I really, at, 52 years old, did not believe that I would be paying thousands of dollars for having an intensive coach in my life. Someone who, who uh, and it's not a coach, I think. He, I mean, he brings a, uh, his name's Gary. He brings... Gary Gurian. Well, he actually has a science-based, it's, it's, it's science-based. It's like, it's, neurolo- it's neurologic, it's neurology or whatever. Yeah. So I never thought I would be in a position at 52 to need that. I sorely needed it and wish I'd had it at 32 and 22. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the same messages were offered to me, but I couldn't hear them until certain areas of my life hit rock bottom. And when I'm at rock bottom, it's when I can hear. Sometimes I think God will bring you to a place where you can clearly hear his voice and it's those times of adversity. Um, So I'm actually thankful for that. And it's hard to be thankful continuously for the hard moments, right? You always want to say, oh, I just won the lottery. Oh, <laughs> I just got a promotion. Oh, what about the times, oh, I just got fired. Oh, and this speaks to anybody listening here. 
for it to you or me. Oh, I don't even understand how someone can deal with a child that has cancer or something. So I'm going to go, oh, thank God my child has cancer. What am I going to get out of this? You know, but so that's not what I'm saying. Because that's another whole can of worms we can open up. I mean, when you say, you know, well, God's going to turn this to good. It's like, well, you, you know what I mean? My, mm-hmm. my, my child is dying. But the, if you can find joy, not in the situation, whether it's good or bad, but you just find joy in all situations, and that's a hard thing to do. There's a lot of ways to try to do it. That's where I think you can start picking up on a lot of the uh, wisdom and blessing that God's laying down for you. And that's, and that's what I have missed. I've always complained in my head about being a victim. I still do it. I do it with, with my wife. I do it with my friends. I do it to myself, you know, all someone else's fault. And it's so stupid because I miss the opportunity. You know, God's got me in a place, often a dark place. He hasn't put me there, but he's allowed me to go there. And he is using that to transform me if only I will stop and listen and look. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the answer to your question. Now, Andrew, what were we supposed to talk about? Encouragement. Encouragement. Thank you, Andrew. Um, you said encouragement, and you do spend a lot of time encouraging. And one of the things that I think should be a part of every small group or men's group or women's group is speaking life into people because you don't get that a lot. Where It has to be authentic. Let, okay. let's, let's make it, though. Yeah. Tell, me, tell you, us what it really is when first. You, when, you don't get, when you say you don't get it a lot, no one gets it ever. Okay. Yeah, pretty, okay. pretty much. So let me, and I could say that, like, as much as I beat my head against the wall, and for all of our guys who are in the men's group, like, and I'm not militant guy, I'm militant in business, mm-hmm. like super militant in business. And, but I'm not super militant in men's group. But I could tell you this, and if you're a part of the men's group, hear me. And when you hear this, hear this. Every single one of you, has seen a difference when you wrote a letter to your wife, every single one of you, yeah. but you don't do it. Yeah. And you say, oh, wow, I built up and then I wrote one letter and then I gave it to my wife and it, she freaked out on it. Well, get her to not freak out on mm-hmm. it by doing it every day. That's what we mm-hmm. talk about. And when I say that, you can hear the tone of my voice and you see the, 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 the feeling in my mm-hmm. body. And when I say that, the speaking life part of it most people run through life right. and they never hear specifically what they did right. right. And there are also sometimes these vague comments like you're doing, you're doing great. Oh, or, you're awesome. You're Greg. awesome. Really? How? You're amazing. Yeah, th- that doesn't really reside with me. That this, doesn't, yeah. This happened to me because my daughter, I yeah. said, I'm proud of you. And she said, why? Uh, and you're like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you know, one, like this morning when, when you spoke life to me, Craig, and when, when I spoke life to you, like it, I used your name. And when we first started, you remember, I used to get on you and like yeah. use their name. And you were like, Kelly, I know their name. Daniel. So yeah, what's I remember name? that. His name it was like Daniel. my first day. I was like, Daniel. I was so lucky. I knew that one. And so uh, most people never hear their name mm. and they love it. Yeah. Okay. If you're in the grocery store and someone yells out your name, it is the coolest thing ever. Mm. They don't hear their name and they n- very seldom if ever hear something specific, little that they did that really inspired you. And that is, speaking like is so simple. It's, it's, it's simple, not easy. Mm. Um, but because you want to be critical. It, yeah, I spend so much of my life trying to be critical with people. And I, uh, I coach kids. And it sucks. Well, I, I coach kids. And when I have the kids, when I coach the kids, I can tell how they're raised. Okay. Mm. Awesome. The reason why is because I have them speak life. Every team that I've ever coached, mm. I have them speak life to each other before practice and after practice. That's cool. 
saying what they saw in the last game that they did great and what they did at the end of practice, what they did in practice. Almost every kid, and these kids would range from like second grade up to sixth grade, every time the kid would start off by saying, Jimmy, you used to not be able to catch the ball ever, <laughs> but today you did good. I know exactly what his parents are saying to him. What? Jimmy, you always get D's and F's, but I'm proud of you today, kid, for getting an A. Mm. That kid did not hear being proud no, of him. No, that was, de- was heard, discouraging. All it was yeah. was the bad part. And so, but if we can, uh, like, for me, and I believe this, my my parents encouraged me, and that encouragement, watch this, Craig, caused me to look at my own inconsistencies and then correct them, and I became my own police officer. Hmm. We're back. Thank you, Andrew, to encouragement, <laughs> because think about the word. What is courage? I mean, uh, you know, uh, permission to try. I would. That's what you I know. Would. It's like the, it's the motivation to do something, to rise to the occasion. Okay. You know, yeah. um, to and sometimes that's you know, why I have a, smart friends. Yeah, <laughs> I try to have smart friends too. Yeah. Um, smarter in different areas, you yeah. know. Um, but encourage courage is what people people do stuff you don't expect them to do. Yeah. You know, the person who had courage, they they ran in front of, they took a bullet for somebody. They, they did something that was hard and right, yeah. okay? So when you speak words that encourage, you are helping them, giving them a foundation to be better. Mm-hmm. If you discourage, you are taking, taking away. away their motivation or their, like, uh, motivation's not the right word. But you're just robbing them. I mean, you're taking, you're pulling the stool out from under them. You know, so they're not going to do anything great. And so when you say encourage, it's helping somebody do what they can do anyway. Just putting them like on a a firm foundation where they're not operating out of their own head trash, and they're they're working from a truth. Because you're not going to speak a lie with encouraging and say you're a big, you're a very tall person when they're not. You know, well, I think that's the biggest part is it's got to be truth. So yeah. Andrew and I experienced this today and he'll nod his head here in a second. Mm-hmm. But we were at the we were having coffee. Mm-hmm. And I don't drink coffee unless I hang out with Andrew. Um, literally, like I don't even drink coffee, but I sip on one because he generally has a coffee. Mm-hmm. He had an orange juice today, but he was trying to one up me. Um, but we were sitting and there was a woman walking towards me. and She happens to be my neighbor. Her name is Lee. And Lee. I don't know where it's at, but she looks like she's probably lost about 25, 30 pounds. Mm. And I haven't said anything to Lee in a while about it. But as she came walking forward, she was by herself as a woman by herself. She's walking through. And I just said, hey, Lee, I just want to let you know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you've done, if it's working out or if it's eating. But I see the amount of work that you've done on your body. And I want to encourage you in it. That's great. You would have thought that I gave her a million dollars. And she came over to the table and then she started to explain to me about the things that she's doing and why she was inspired and all these things. That opens people up, but most people are not willing to encourage because they think that, like, I feel that it's because they weren't encouraged themselves as much. So they think of it almost as a limited resource. And I find that even when, like, I, I don't look like a normal guy. I understand this. This is true. I'm when I'm on an electric bike on a sidewalk and there's a person coming towards me, I instantly put a smile on and I say, Good morning, ma'am, good morning, sir. And it changes the vibe of that person mm-hmm. instantly. 
as opposed to them being like, this weirdo is on a, a bike on the sidewalk. Right. It changes things. Yeah. And I think that if you can create encouragement, whether it be through a smile or whatever it is, but it has to be, like it has to truly come from your heart. It can't come from technique. Yeah, and like um, you said something. You say so many smart things. I forgot what it was, but it was about encouragement. Um, well, keep talking and I'll think okay. of it. But uh, um, but I think specific, like specifically, try it. Like oh, I know what I was going to say. Go. Words. Words, and it's I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I wish I remembered the verse, but yeah. and maybe Andrew can look it up. It's like the paraphrase is: words do two things. They either build up or they destroy. Yeah. There's no middle ground. You either power speak. The power of words yeah. has the power of life or death. Yeah. They're not neutral, or very rarely they're neutral. What color is the wall? It's black. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. And so, you have to be. You have to be very deliberate with what you say. And when you talked about your neighbor, this is I have a niece that, like, lost a ton of weight. I mean, she lost a ton of weight, and she's on Facebook, and she's posting pictures, and everybody's like, "Oh, you look great." Oh, I'm blah blah. You know what I wrote? I said. Leah, I am so proud of you for what you did. I don't, yeah, you look great, but I don't really care. I said, what you did was extraordinary. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I think, she never got back to me, whether, but I think that probably meant more to her. And it's, I'm, this is not me patting myself on the back. It's an example of how you can speak life into somebody uh, in a way that's not discouraging. Because if you say you look great, she's like, what, I used to not look great, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And it's all about the exterior. My comment to her was, that's an indication of your inner strength. And that was one I got right. I've done it a lot of the other ways where I got it wrong. And I can, if you want me to, I can think of an example. I can think <laughs> you, I can think of a Chakota Thompson example where I totally screwed it up. You know. <laughs> well, you go, you go to. We studied Proverbs thirty-one many times yeah. in the past couple of years. And when you look at those things, God calls us to encourage on everything else except the beauty, and the beauty is last. Yeah. And it goes in line that way, but a lot of times we flip it around. But if you can, like, literally pick out something, what it'll do is it's not, the encouragement, what I find, the encouragement is not as much for them as it is for you. Hmm. What it does is it works on the condition of your heart. And it conditions your heart to constantly look for great things in people. And when you look for great things in people, you will find the great things in people. Yeah, wh why, why, why do, as guys, we always compliment someone's looks? Why, why are we all about that? I mean, most of our stuff is external. Like, if you look at it, like, I mean, our external, this sounds bad, but I learned this. I'm asking a question because you know? it's, okay. it's me. Think about men and women, okay? So men and women, we think about sexual organs. Mm -hmm. Ours on the outside, theirs on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sex to them is an internal and emotional thing. It's an external thing for us as guys. It, I mean, I didn't, I, I'm not a scientist, but it's pretty, that's a pretty simple scenario. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you look at those type of things, I don't think it's bad that a man looks at the, the outer the outer side. We just need to learn the other side. Whereas a That's woman smart. where a woman doesn't need to work on the emotional side because she has it. But I could tell you women, if you cupped the, your man's booty while he's washing the dishes yeah. and said, Wow, this feels great, yeah. I can guarantee you. And women, I've worked with you for thirty years. Right. So you know. I know. Yeah. I know these things. Yeah. I get and if you did that, women your man would instantly change at that point because we are more external. And when we hear, oh, you're sexy, like feel those arms, man, have you done a couple push-ups? Even if we've never worked out in our yeah. life, we'll be like, yeah, and you'll wake up tomorrow and you'll do some, but that again goes back to encouragement and expectation. Yeah. Whatever I expect you to do, 
you will do. If I expect that you're a piece of garbage, guess what you're going to show up as? Probably garbage or yeah. some, you know, and garbage smelling kind of product. You know, for a man, for our man out there, you know, write your wife a letter. Like, I'm not, I, I believe that every single marriage, everyone, Craig, mm-hmm. every single marriage could be elevated to a crazy level if the man would wake up every single day and write his wife a letter, even if it's two sentences about what she did great the, fa- the day before. Yeah. Every marriage on earth, everyone, there's yeah, not one. Yeah, you're right. And when I say that, that's the militant side. You can see it in my... Uh, yeah, you're like totally ready. Right? You take the hill, man. <laughs> but you'll do it when you're ready. You know... Um, you talk about these lies that you tell yourself and something <laughs> happened today. I'll just tell you, um, my wife, Denise, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this cause it was, I love know. me some Denise. Oh man. Um, so I want to, I came, I, she should be here. I come home. I decided I'm going to stop. And I'm thinking about some of this is really, and this is my authenticity. Some of this was for me. I, I admit there's this part of this. What I did was for me cause I wanted, you know, and so I gotta be honest with that, but enough of it, I stopped at Vaughn's on the way home from small group because I was running late and I knew I was going to be gone this evening. And again, I have to admit, if asked, part of it was just so I'd be like, I get a jet, not a get out of jail. She's not keeping me in jail. <laughs> My point is, is I got her flowers and yeah. she doesn't, I've never bought her flowers before because she doesn't, she's not that kind of woman. I got her a wrench bouquet once with these awesome wrenches that like lit her up. Yeah. But I was like, you know, and I didn't stop in to get flowers. I stopped in to get the salmon that I make really well because she likes it. I like it. It's healthy. We're going to make it needed for lunch. And But I, I walked past like some, you know, fall-looking like flowers, and I'm like, I'm going to get the flowers. And I know she didn't like them. I brought them home. <laughs> she was like shocked. You know what I mean? And it's really, uh, as I said, I did some of it because for selfish reasons. But I also was like, it was like a version of the love letter. You know, it's like, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something a little out of ordinary. And I think it may, I mean, it may have made a statement. It may not have, but it was better than me just explaining why I was late and justifying, well, well, Kelly had to say three (laughs) things before we left or, and that's me. That's who I am. That's the guy. I I run to rationalize it so I can minimize the negative impact in my life. And it's just not being fair to somebody. I don't think that's And I don't know why I brought up this morning, but it was like. I don't think that that's who you are though. No, but it's what what I I would argue. But that's the thing is, is we, what we do is not who we are. And that's, and some people will argue till they're blue in the face that that's not true. Liars lie. No, I lie, but I'm not a liar. You know, uh, Satan is a liar. Uh, and, and, but it's like, and that's not a good example, but it's I would like, just say it's your, when I say, when you say that, that was you, I, I would argue with yeah. them saying that it was, it was conditioned. There's things that are born in. Well, that I can tell you, but uh, watch yeah. this. Okay. If you were truly made in the image of God, right. which I was, okay. Then anything that you say I am, that's not in the image of God was from your condition. It's a lie too. Well, that's the work I'm doing with Gary. And again, it's like, I'm the, not the Yoda master at all about this. So when I talk about <laughs> it, I sound like I got all my crap in one bag, you know? Um, another word for that when we're not on a podcast. Well, I think but it's my, good because you, like, and you've never done this, you always come from a sense of, you. I've never felt judgment from you. You have great wisdom, but you gain, you give the wisdom, letting people know that you're going through that thing. So it never comes off as judgment. Well, it does some, I mean, you know, it's a, and 
you're often harshest to the people closest to you and you love. So I can tell you that, yes, that's true in my circle of friends. It isn't always true. And this is not me being hard on myself, but this is me. The people I value the most, I'm hardest on. And you're like, dude, I don't even recognize. If you saw sometimes the way I spoke, a man who thinks words build up and destroy, which they do, mm-hmm. the way I would sp- speak to my son or speak to my wife, you'd go, I don't even recognize you, Craig. But you wouldn't say that with disgust. You'd smile, say, Craig, that's not you. Well, you know, and, that's, and that type of rebuke would be encouraging to me, you know? Well, but you got to understand also, too, I, and this is a thing, is for me, and it's not an ingenuine part, but genuinely I encourage people into the way that I see their potential to be, not yeah, who I said, see said what they are. Yeah. And that's that's a part, like, there's times where I will have get to have a conversation with someone that someone else won't be able to mm-hmm. because... Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying one is good, one is bad. It's just for me, I, I want to encourage that person to be who, who who they can be. And when they see that, maybe they love the version. Maybe they don't like it. But I, And when I encourage you, I don't think that you're perfect. I don't yeah, hold yeah. you I get to it. the standard of it. But I just think it's good because you, I mean, you do. You have so much greatness, man. You have, you bless so many people, man. Like so many of us. Well, you look at the life of David in the Old Testament. I mean, this guy did was a disaster in his personal life. I mean, truly. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and I mean, he's just terrible in his personal life. But God had called him a man that had a heart after himself. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that's that does that needs to be unpacked because there's a secret there, you know, and there's a wisdom there. And it's not on the surface. You have to scratch a little deep to get it. And I haven't fully worked it out yet. Well, I think, I mean, if you look at it, like when he was a kid, um, he killed some lions, killed some bears. Then God put him in uh, in front of the Philistine. He knocks out the Philistine. At that point is when David started to uh, edge himself in, Mm. right? So he started to edge himself in. He started to see, hey, like me on the bike. Mm -hmm. Wow. I got this. God, this is easy. And God is like, no, bro, you're on five on your electric bike. And then he got, as he continued on, it became less about God and more about him until he got to Bathsheba. And when he got to Bathsheba, it was all about him and nothing about God. And then God humbled him. And when God humbled him, he had to take all that away to help him to understand it's about me and not about you. And Mm. I think that's the journey of every one of us, right? When we're, when we're growing up and I didn't plan on having dreads, Mm -hmm. then I get dreads and it, it becomes the brand. It was a mistake on a plane on the way to back from China. Right. Yeah. Okay. Comes down. You look at it. Did you set out to be on Pawn Stars? Oh no, actually. And again, you keep bringing that up. Did you but set it, out? Like, no, no, because it's not. I, I actually think that's like a minimal part of my life. But no, I was accident, actually. How? I mean, um, well, it was an accident. I was some guy was helping someone was helping me out with something. I'd helped okay. their son out. And a guy he introduced me to uh, discovered what I did and said, there's a production company looking for something. And once I got there, I didn't even watch the show. And uh, I, when I was there, they had something else to do. And they said, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can do this one too. And they're like, you don't need to research? I'm like, no, I can do this. And it was literally, I recognized an opportunity and took it, but the opportunity I didn't create. Okay. You know, so. And so you look at those kind of things. This is the I way that I was babbling God, there a little bit. No, 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 but, you yeah. but this is the way that God works, right? right? And then we get to a point where we think, it's kind of a little me. And yeah. it's God, but it's a little bit of me. Well, no, he wants you to, the thing is, you don't make 
your life. God makes yeah. your life. But he but he wants something from you. He wants he wants you to help. You know, he 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 doesn't need your help, but he wants you just like you want your your son yeah. to 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 carry some weight because he's learning from it, you know. And when he falls and stumbles, that's part of carrying weight. And so part of our journey is that God does ask us to 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 take part. You know, God asks mm-hmm. us to do some lifting. Absolutely. And and the wisdom I think comes in understanding that he doesn't need you. You know, he wants that's, you to be a hard part. He doesn't need you to do anything. You know, I mean, that's he didn't need part. the disciples. He didn't need oh. anybody. You know, he, he didn't need Billy Graham. He doesn't need anybody. He take the water from the rock. But yeah. when, when you look at that, that's the, I mean, it's the, it's the age old. If you look at all like Jeanne d'Arc, right? Uh, Joan of Arc. When you look at her story, her, f- and if you, if you watch the movie, great movie, but yeah. if you watch the movie, she, the first time she goes into battle, she says, if you believe in God, you will go into battle. Mm. Second battle. She says, if you believe in God and me, you'll go into battle. Mm-hmm. The first battle, they won, like, undefeated. Hands down, like everybody died. Second one, half the people died. Mm. At the end of the movie, if you watch, and it's just a little that's thrown into the movie, but if you watch it, it's Mia Hohovich. At the end, she says, if you love me, <laughs> you'll come into battle, and all of them died. Right, and she gets and, burned at the stake. And that's how'd that work out for you, uh, Jean Dark? But that's—I mean, if you think about it, like I, this is the way I've seen it. It plays out in every one of the scenarios, right? Right? Yeah, it does. The more so you get involved, the more it becomes a situation where you can't explain it. Your pawn star stuff—you can't explain it. It keeps going. When we start to look for those things, they don't show up. When we are not looking and we're just doing what we need to do, um, it doesn't mean. You don't use systems. You're not smart. You're not. I mean, you're smart financially. You're smart you, you, in business. Yeah, like, you know. Uh, but that's the tough part. I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm gonna put a pin in something and say it because yeah. it's my answer to the thing Do I'm it. gonna ask you. But if you have like one, you can think about it because I'll tell you mine first. <laughs> I'm a, and I'll tell you mine first. Yeah, mine's keep it simple. In the Marine Corps, they have a term keep kiss, keep it simple, yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, and people have systems and twelve steps, and you can't sell a book with like one thing, right? <laughs> I told you that. It's like one of my favorite YouTube videos is the, uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Saturday Night Live video about um, uh, financial peace or financial wisdom. And it's like the, the whole concept is don't buy stuff you can't afford, <laughs> period. Sure. He goes, it's in the book. It's only one page long, but it's simple. And I think that if there's a thing that I can tell someone, because it's a thing I need to remember myself, is that there's, if you just stick one thing, I mean, one or two things and try to do them well, it'll carry you far. It's when you have a 12-step program on top of a six-step program on top of six small groups. I'm guilty of that. I go a lot, you know, I like, if you just do one thing or two things well, it'll take you far. So I say keep it simple. Simple answers to complex questions. Mm -hmm. My now question for you is, and again, there can be many, but right now, like if you had like one thing you were going to tell me or tell people listening, I'm going to sell a book, Mm-mm. one sentence long. It's like, what would you say to somebody if they said, you know, life sucks right now. What can I do? It would just be what my pop said, like a broken record, and I'd be mad at him the whole time when he would say it. Um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all else will be added on. Amen, brother. That's it. Amen. No, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. I, uh. That's that's super simple. Yeah. Put God first. What did I say that time in the podcast? And it wasn't mine. Love, love God. 
first. Fuck up first, love others best. Yes. And that's not me. That's Jason Graves from Daybreak, and he probably took it from someone else. Yeah, of course he did. But you know what? It's great wisdom. And if you can do that, which, and I fail every day, but I'm not going to beat myself up for it. I'm going to look back and go, yep, I didn't do that right. Tomorrow's another day. My mom had a one-word answer to it. Which was? No. Shit. (laughs) That's great. Well, God's not done with you, and he's not done with me. That's (laughs) good. I'm not dead, so God's not done. <laughs> that's yeah, like, yeah. that's like, and that can be encouraged. That's self-encouraging. Man, I screwed that one up, you know, mm-hmm. and that's being authentic to self, being authentic to the person who you screwed it up with, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I don't do it half the time in my life, but the times I do do it, it's a success. And if I can remember the time, if I can look back on the times during a day where I didn't do that, I'm like, yeah, I need to do that better next time. Well, but I think the hardest, part, honestly, the hardest part is to, it's cliche again, but it's it's the hardest part is to fall in love. This is what my wife always talks about. She's like, you never celebrate the result when you get it. Mm. But you sure as hell always talking about the process that you got to get there. Process or product? One word answer. Process. Good. 100%. No, I, I agree. Sometimes although, product is important. Although I struggle with it because it's like, say with a podcast, right? right? So I started off with a podcast. The first episode didn't even have, it had a mic in front of me, but it wasn't plugged in. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to look. Yeah. It was awful audio <laughs> and it was awful, <laughs> even, even worse video. <laughs> yeah. And Fake it till you make it. No, And not. I, I started producing and I got inspired by Ed Sheeran. Mm. And Ed Sheeran, um, he actually writes plays all the music, produces it, and he produces it live in front of you with no band. So he does everything. The I've background vocals, he loops it, he does the whole thing. I was inspired by that, and I was like, I want to do that. In the po- and I've never said this to people who watch the podcast, but I actually switch all of the camera angles mm. while I'm having the conversation. Mm. So when that camera angle gets switched or the guests get switched, or I switch to a different graphic, or whatever it is, I'm doing it on the fly Mm -hmm. while it's happening. And so I was just, I was inspired by him, and I found that I love figuring out, like today, we've got switching between cameras, Mm -hmm. which we're lucky to have Andrew here. Of course. But all of those cameras are virtual cameras. There's only one camera in here, and we've got three camera angles. That's pretty cool. Those are things that I like the iterations and God is, I believe he's iterating me. Like I I feel like I'm an iPhone one (laughs) and then he's going to drop the two and it's going to have a few bug fixes and it's going to be, I can't go from one to 15. It would freak me out. I would like to. Well, the pro he got does take people like that sometimes. Like he turned Saul into Paul, but he had a very specific purpose for it. You know, it doesn't usually happen that way. So it's, Fair to say what you say is true. That's where I get frustrated, though, because I want to go oh, yeah. from zero to, to 10 million oh, yeah. in a day. And you miss the process. I always do it. And yeah. as much as I say I, I want to be in the process, I'm a human being, Greg. I like literally, like, God will give me a vision. Like, oh, he told me five and a half years, five and a half, six years ago, he said, it'll be a small theater. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be uh, House of Blues, which will be three to 5,000. It'll be Mandalay Bay or MGM uh, Event Center, which is ten to thirteen thousand, Madison Square Garden, which is seventeen to nineteen thousand, and then it'll culminate in uh, Soldier Field, which will be seventy to hundred thousand that you'll speak to. Seventy two hundred thousand. I think seventy two, like slash. Oh, okay. 000. Oh, okay. I get it. Seventy two. Th- yeah, got it. Yeah. So seven hundred and twenty thousand is no, that no, what you mean? Almost a million. Seventy 
to 100,000. Oh, I get it. In okay. between that. Somewhere number. in between that. Yeah. Okay, I was like, what? Okay. So <laughs> you don't do math so well. Yeah. When he said that, I instantly jumped to Soldier Field. Oh, got it. My wife said, How do no, I get there? It'll be, yeah. a, it'll be an audience of one. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be an audience of two. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool thing is, is I've already spoken at the small theater. I've spoken to three to 5,000. I've been at the Mandalay Bay Event Center on the stage in front of it, but God didn't allow an audience to be there, and he had me take a picture so I could see what the, uh, what the stadium cool. would look like without the people in the seats, and he told me he'd fill the seats. I have not been to Madison Square Garden. I have been to Soldier Field, mm-hmm. second row at uh, Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z, and I know what 70,000 people looks like. But the way that he's going to do it is faith to faith, glory to glory, and by the time that I get to the 70 to 100,000, people in front of me, I will have done, I have killed so many lions, so many bears that that Philistine in front of me won't be a challenge. Wow. That's super inspirational. Now, what if you never get there and you only help six people? (laughs) And that's the question. Are you okay with that? I am. And I just think in my head, I'm an optimist. Uh So I think in my head, Craig, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I truly believe that Oprah's going to call me every day. That's awesome. Just like you said, Superman left. He was out front, but he left. And yeah. I believe that when she doesn't call, I just think every day when she doesn't That's call, awesome. I just think her and Stedman had a lot of stuff going today. That's a and great she attitude. Was, she was very busy and it hasn't happened yet. Um, and maybe it'll happen when I get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Could. Could be. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. Um, but the cool thing is my wife keeps me grounded in that part doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got really cool advice from a guy named Wynn Claybaugh. Uh, when I started the podcast, I was telling him all the people I wanted to go after and have on the uh, podcast. He said, the one piece of advice that I would give you, son, is the person that doesn't have the light on them will make the most impact. Hmm. So don't think that because you go get this shiny person, this movie star, he said, it could be, and this is what he was telling me. And he is, I mean, Wynn Claybaugh is connected with everyone. But he told me, he said, it could be the father that helped his son out or the store owner, the local mm-hmm. store owner, and make sure that you honor the the heart of the person as opposed to what they've done. Okay. And I was like, in, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I ain't trying to take that advice. But I see that to be true because the people, I mean, and it, I, I have both. I have, you know, Heisman Trophy winners and things like that. But I also have dads who are just awesome guys, and that's yeah. what I want to be able to expose. Well, uh, the tendency for guys is we want to go after the glory. You know, you want to be in that. <laughs> and you, you know, and I say the tendency for guys. I'm saying that like as you're laughing because calling me out. Man. Yeah, but I'm calling me out too. Yeah. You want to be. You want to be that star. You want to look good. You want to. You want to. We're not usually satisfied as guys being on the front page of Section Six. You know, we want to be on the front page of front page, and it's like if you. I, I feel, and I don't do it often, but I do it sometimes, and I'm trying to do it more. If I can live for the moments where I help this X person that you'll never even know or hear about, that's where the moments, I think that's where the real glory comes. You know, um, every once in a while you get to be on that 750,000 person stage, just like I got to be on Pawn Stars for a short 70. period. Yeah, slash okay. You, I'm worse 000. at math than you are. Okay, like, I don't do math. No, so no, well. I'm yeah. talking yeah. like the. Capacity no, I get it. Seventy, two hundred. Yeah, to well, that's huge. That, that, that is huge. Like, it could be seventy. It could be eighty. It could be ninety. It could be a hundred. Yeah, that's I was. I, uh, um, I had this like one of the greatest blessings in my life. Uh, you know, other than, you know, the. Okay, I'll ask you another one. What was the best day of your life? But what's the best day of your life? The best day of your life. 
You don't have to explain it. Just what was the best area? I can't, I mean, um, because everyone would say, like, the birth of my child or when I got married or, you know, things like that. But, I mean, if you could relive one moment, not because you'd do it better, but just because it was so awesome, reliving just a moment, what would that moment be? My dad, right, like a couple of days before he passed away, he was he could barely even speak. Um, he was in his uh, he was in like a rehab center, um, could barely move. He was in the bed, and I walked in and I saw him and I hadn't seen my dad like that, mm. and um, it was hard. And I walked in and I just burst into tears and I fell on my knees at his bed and I could see that he was like what son because he was used to himself that way. Now, he wasn't there for long, but and I fell and. He looked at me and he said, um, "Don't worry, son. I'll always be with you." Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. You have that moment. You get. You still have it. Yeah. You don't have to relive that because you can just remember it. That's fantastic. Um, but then there's little things like going to Baked Bear in Pacific Beach <laughs> uh, right after we go to Brandy Melville with my daughter who's 14 who asked yeah. her dad to go. Like those kind of things. Riding my electric bike to pick up my son today and him riding on the back and us having a conversation while he's holding on to me in sixth grade at 12 and he still allows me mm -hmm. to pick him up on an electric bike when most kids would be like, you're a nerd, dad. Yeah, I'm too cool for school. <laughs> That's I mean, what they think. Yeah. So those kind of <laughs> things. And then even... This morning before, or this afternoon when we were walking up here and I see my wife and I'm like, I, I'm really attracted to my wife. Like, my wife is smoking hot, number one. Not as hot as my wife. Of course. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but she's smoking hot. She's amazing. Of course she and, is. I didn't And I just that. like to hang out with her and I love to see her doing her craft. And so that part, I want to be able to relive. And, you know, I've learned through my parent with both my parents, you know, checking out. Yeah. Um, that uh, probably my favorite moment uh, on Thursday is going to be when I land in Las Vegas and I get to hang out with all my buddies from fourth grade. That's awesome. You know, and we hang out and we snap on each other and, you know, I'm going to feel really insecure because they're going to be like, oh, your head is flat, you're blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going to be like soaking it up because I don't know, like for me, it's not to get morbid, but I don't mm -hmm. know how, like based off of my family history, you know, I'm 48, my dad is 68. My yeah. mom was 62. 62 is only 14 years away from where I am right now. Remember the song? That's wild. Remember the song? It's later than you think. <laughs> that is like, if I can like tell anybody that, it's, I tell myself that. And yeah. it really adjusts your attitude. Mm -hmm. It's later than you think. Yeah. That's like it. You know, and I tell you, that's how I'm going to end it. It's later than you think. Seize the day. Period. <laughs> That's all I got, man. <laughs> you good there, Andrew? Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. That's uh, yeah, dude. It's it is uh, it's a pleasure to hang out with you, Kelly. It's like every minute I spend with you is a good minute, and even if we have like a bad minute, it's still a good minute. You know? well, I, I just I really want to speak the life to you, man. That like your your actionable um, 
attitude and the way that you go about things, it's that's a huge blessing. Just the way that, the, like the little drummer boy, mm. right? It was his gift. He couldn't bring money. He couldn't do his stuff. But he could drum. But he could drum. Yeah. And you bring that action to life, but in a non-intrusive way. Um, you inspire people to take action. Like when I, when I hang out with you, like I know that I'm going to do a little bit more. I'm going to, you know, when I knew you were coming to see the walls, mm -hmm. I was like, dude, I came here at one night we got done with the production with my daughter. I came back here at 1230 at night and worked until probably two in the morning. Because I knew you were going to see it the oh, next that's day. A, you know, <laughs> it's so cool to sit here. I mean, it's like this is the inaugural voyage of this room. Yeah. And I think great things are going to happen here. I think great things are going to happen for people, for listeners, for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm super encouraged to see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Again, I do not know what's going to happen, and neither do you. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's to be continued, man. It's awesome. It. Perfect. Peace. Yeah.